Hennings and joining me is Nicholas Briggs. Uh, welcome um, to our discussion of um, veterans law topics. We are both with Chisholm Chisholm and Kilpatrick, otherwise known as CCK. We are a law firm based in Providence, Rhode Island. And we're here today to talk a little bit about uh, exposures at Fort McClellan and in particular, a um, court case called uh, McRae versus Wilkie, which is docket number 19-3492, where the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, a US federal court has issued uh, what they call a single judge decision. And we think it's uh, rather significant as it relates to veterans who served uh, at Fort McClellan, particularly during uh, certain time periods. So Nick, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what Fort McClellan was and why it's significant in the VA benefits world? So Fort McClellan was a military base um, in Alabama um, that's been around for a long time, um, but really was active primarily during World War II. Uh, and since that time, it transitioned to sort of be a home for the military police corps, uh, the Women's Army Corps, uh, and most relevant to our discussion today, uh, the Chemical Corps and Chemical School. Um, military personnel were trained at Fort McClellan in chemical warfare, um, different types of agents, radioactive materials, and how they impacted warfare. Um, and use of the base as a chemical training school continued on until it was eventually closed in 1999. Um, so there were lots of different chemical agents used and tested at Fort McClellan over the years. Um, and relevant to our conversation today, we're talking specifically about uh, herbicide agents, including 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T, uh, and the extent to which they were used during certain periods of time uh, at Fort McClellan. So when we talk about herbicide agents, are we talking about what's colloquially known as Agent Orange? Are we talking about uh, other um, chemicals, herbicides? Exactly. So, so VA often tries to draw the distinction between what they consider tactical herbicides like the agents, Agent White, Agent Orange, so on and so forth. Um, but the regulation specifically contemplates uh, chemicals such as the chemical components of the agents themselves, including the chemicals that I mentioned, 2,4-D, 2,4-5-T, uh, and its contaminant dioxin. So even if the Agent Orange or Agent White themselves weren't used at Fort McClellan, if commercial herbicide agents that included the same chemicals that were used in Vietnam, then veterans exposed to those same chemicals should in theory be entitled to presumptive service connection for any conditions VA considers presumptively related to those specific herbicide agents. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the decision from, from the court. So what exactly is it that happened here? What is it that, that CCK argued on behalf of the client and, and what did the court uh, find in terms of VA's errors in analyzing the arguments? So one thing to keep in mind in Mr. McBray's case uh, specifically is that he served after the specific window of time during which we know that most of the herbicides were used at Fort McClellan. Um, something like uh, on the order of several thousand, dozens of thousands of barrels of these herbicide agents were used and tested from 1974 to 1976. Um, and Mr. McRae served there about a decade later. Um, but the scientific evidence that we've worked with experts to compile over the last several years tends to show not only that 
many herbicides were used during that specific window of time, um, but also that they remained on base and were potentially used up until 1985 when 2,4,5-T and herbicides using that specific chemical were banned um, because they contained dioxin. So we have evidence showing that these specific herbicides were used throughout Fort McClellan's main areas, the main post and the Pelham range, um, up until around 1985, at least, if not later. Um, and in Mr. McRae's specific case, he served at Fort McClellan about 10 years after 1976, that period of time where we have confirmed use throughout the base. Uh, and what we're able to show using soil samples and other scientific evidence from an environmental baseline survey is that the soil samples themselves contained both 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T uh, as late as 1999. So even if the chemicals used stopped in 76 or potentially as late as 1985, uh, they remained in the soil and potentially harmful to veterans coming into contact with that soil at least as late as Mr. McRae's particular service and potentially as late as 1998 when soil samples were still showing these dangerous chemicals um, at detectable levels in the surface level of the soil. So now in this case, the VA has not conceded that there was this kind of chemical use um, at Fort McClellan, is that correct? So the VA through the Board of Veterans Appeals rejected our scientific evidence that we provided. Is, is that a fair statement? So that is a fair statement in Mr. McRae's specific case. Um, but if you take a look at the decision, one of the things that they pointed to was that in several other relevant board decisions, uh, VA has conceded that these chemicals were used on base, uh, including one specific veteran who served within about a year of, mix, of Mr. McRae at Fort McClellan and he was granted presumptive service connection for an herbicide-related condition, even though he served many years after VA says they stopped using um, these so-called commercial herbicide agents. Um, so the, the, the crux of the court's decision is basically highlighting the fact um, that Mr. McRae has submitted all of the scientific evidence showing not only that covered herbicide agents were used at Fort McClellan, um, but that they continued to be used after 1976, potentially as late as 1987, um, that the contaminants uh, included in those herbicides were found in the soil as late as 1999, um, more than 10 years after he served there. Um, and he provided specific lay testimony that he, during the course of his basic, his training there, um, came into contact with the soil, the water, all the sorts of different things that might've been contaminated um, and the board didn't discuss any of that evidence. Uh, they dismissed it as being too general, not specific enough to his case, um, and without actually addressing the underlying fact that ample evidence of these particular herbicides being used at Fort McClellan had been presented. So it seems based on what, what you're saying, Nick, is that <clears throat> VA has recognized in individual cases that veterans have been exposed to these chemicals. And so it sounds as though the court was, was calling VA, uh, VA out to a certain extent regarding an inconsistency in treating similarly situated veterans. Is that, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Um, and it kind of comes down to the fact that while board decisions in one veteran's case aren't necessarily going to be binding in a different veteran's case because they're differently situated, there are necessarily going to be different facts about their individual appeals. 
Um, but when we're getting to the heart of the matter here, uh, it, it can be general evidence. You know, we're establishing that the scientific evidence shows that herbicides were used at Fort McClellan and persisted in the soil through 1998. Um, and that fact is gonna remain a fact across any number of different veterans' particular decisions. So we talk a little bit about some of the evidence that, that we submitted in this particular Fort McClellan case. Uh, it seems pretty clear that VA um, does not have this evidence or in the sense of they haven't recognized it. So what kinds of evidence exactly are we talking about that we submitted in this case to show um, the fact that these agent herbicide agents were used and they perhaps persisted in the soil, uh, the water, et cetera? So a lot of our evidence comes from the environmental baseline survey that was conducted as a part of the closure of Fort McClellan. Um, and specific years have more information available than others. So for example, in 1974, we're not only able to tell what specific herbicide, herbicides were used, um, but the exact quantity that were used over the course of the year. Uh, for example, 8,000 gallons of Silvex were used, um, 7,200 gallons of a 2,4-D-based herbicide were used, um, and then 12,000 gallons of DMA or other arsenic-based herbicides were used. Um, so there alone, we're talking nearly 30,000 gallons of herbicides used over the, uh, a 40,000-acre base um, over the course of a single year. Um, and similar numbers were shown in 1975 and 1976. Um, now, after that point, we don't have the same sort of specific evidence of how many gallons were used in a given year. What we do have is a, an accounting of how many barrels of each individual herbicide remained um, in Fort McClellan stores. Uh, and Silvex and some of the others remained in significant quantities uh, up until 1985. And in the particular case of uh, Tordon 101, which again contains uh, some of the component ingredients that are covered by the regulation, uh, those remained in Fort McClellan's sort of chemical source as late as 1991. Um, so even though we can't show that they were used, they were clearly present on base. Uh, and the 245T based herbicides weren't banned until 1985. Um, there's simply no reason to think that those herbicides weren't in continued use uh, until they were banned. Uh, and there's testimony from a forester and several other military personnel at Fort McClellan um, attesting to the fact that they used uh, these herbicides, including Toron 101 and Silvex, um, to help maintain fire lanes um, and other sort of in, in other areas of the base um, as late as 1987. Um, so even though most of the testing that we know about and can specifically account for um, was done from 74 to 76, uh, we still have a lot of evidence showing that it was used potentially as late as 1987. Um, and regardless of whether we have proof of actual use, um, the soil samples still show the presence of 245T and dioxin, TCDD, its contaminant, uh, as late as 1998. So if veterans came into contact with the soil in areas where the herbicides were used, even if they served there 10 years after the fact, um, there's still potentially, um, there's still evidence that they may have been exposed, at least to the at least as likely as not standard that VA uses. So this, all of this sounds like a fairly complicated, uh, technical, scientific uh, area of VA benefits. 
what would you recommend a veteran who served at, at Fort McClellan do as it relates to their, their VA benefits? At the end of the day, a lot of this is information that they simply won't have known about during their time there. Um, because just because Fort McClellan hosted the chemical school um, doesn't mean that every military service member who served there was a part of the training and use of these chemical agents. Like we talked about at the top, um, mil all military police tended to train at Fort McClellan um, and they were in the fields doing basic training exercises. Um, so the best that a veteran can do if they served at Fort McClellan during the relevant time period um, is one, if they have any of the conditions that are assumed to be presumptively related to herbicides like diabetes, coronary artery disease, prostate cancer, um, they should consider filing a claim. Um, and with that claim, the best that they can do is provide a statement regarding their specific duties uh, and training at Fort McClellan to talk about where they were on base, what they were, what they saw, what they did, um, where specifically on base that they um, trained, if they can remember, um, and just to sort of talk about the things that they are competent to testify about, the things that they saw, the things they heard, um, and then. VA will need to adjudicate their claim with this scientific evidence in mind. So I think what's really significant about this case, it's one of the, the first times that the Court uh, of Appeals for Veterans Claims has really engaged with the evidence uh, of this exposure of these chemicals that have been at the base. And so it, it's providing in a public form um, an acknowledgement that there is evidence out there uh, that this stuff was used um, and that it potentially persisted for many years after the fact. And so that's why this case is so significant because the court really recognized the potential probative value of all of all of this, this evidence. So it, it's really exciting uh, for us to see some movement being made on these cases, you know, to ensure that any veterans that served at Fort McClellan are getting the benefits to which they're entitled. Um, Nick, before we sign off, do you have any final words on this case or on Fort McClellan and some of the issues that arise from it? Um, again, just to highlight the fact that veterans should submit lay statements talking about their time there, um, because that's ultimately going to determine whether or not they can get service connection for their claims conditions. Uh, and these are complicated matters. Um, while VA presumes exposure in certain places like Vietnam, or certain members of the Air Force or other branches that served at the perimeters of Thailand bases, um, there's no presumption here. Um, it's gonna take some work to get VA to recognize their exposure. So if a veteran thinks they need assistance with these matters, they should reach out to their um, national service organization or if they don't have representation, um, they might wanna consider looking into it um, if only because these are complicated matters. Uh, and even in Mr. McRae's decision, the board was outright dismissive of some of the evidence he submitted. Um, but as the court noted, um, there's good evidence of exposure generally at the base um, and the board didn't do a good enough job of considering his specific facts. Um, and that's something that all veterans should be aware of. That's a really good point. Thanks, Nick. This, this is complicated stuff, even within the VA benefits process, even within the claims process. These are complicated cases dealing with um, a lot of scientific evidence, uh, dealing with evidence of exposure. And as Nick said, there are no presumptions. So I'd strongly encourage anyone uh, who thinks they were exposed to reach out to their veteran service organization, reach out to a VA accredited attorney or agent to sort of help them 
uh, craft a claim and, and or an appeal that, that touches on a lot of these, these different areas. Well, again, this is uh, Brad Hennings and Nick Briggs with Chisholm Chisholm and Kilpatrick, otherwise known as CCK. Please check us out uh, online at cck-law.com. We're also active on uh, various methods of social media. Um, thanks again, Nick, for uh, everything. And said this, this is a really exciting uh, decision in terms of a court recognizing the power of, of this evidence. Absolutely. Thanks again.